Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean, the weekend edition. First of yesterday's news, I'll give you Saturday too. That's what we like to do on the weekend edition. Uh, this morning, uh, we need to talk about the immigration situation and uh, the United States-uation. Um, we also need to talk about the uh, the teacher situation here in New Zealand. Uh, there are just aren't enough. Sir Peter Buckman uh, on his way out as the government science advisor. And Jordan Luck. I like uh, playing interviews with Jordan Luck because it proves that he's probably still alive. Uh, but first up, what happened with that national anthem yes, uh, with, <laughs> with, with that le- weird league test? Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Kemp's about to join us. Oh, but God. Oh, please don't. Don't. Get her off. Mate, somebody tell somebody. No, 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 this is, it's, it's not the right tune. No, no, she got the, the whole melody's wrong, mate. Hayden, tell her. Dim the sound, mate. Take the lights out. Do something. Star, what? Oh, please. I'm dying for you, love. I'm dying. Tell you what, the roar at the end of that was just because it was over. I'm not joking. Yeah, I mean, it's no wonder that the Kiwis didn't perform after that. It obviously was a, it was sabotage from the beginning. Who could blame them? Now, quite a turbulent week in the US uh, with the US immigration policy. Jack Tame uh, spent a lot of time living there, and so he's he's got a bit of an insight into this. If the US had just kept a porous border. The authors of the project estimate there would be 30% fewer undocumented migrants in the USA today. Trump's whole play on this thing has been a play for his base. I can't see any other reason for it. And honestly, his supporters love it. Good God-fearing folk they are, love it. They loved seeing Trump being super tough on immigration. Now they love his reversal, his apparent compassion. As many have noted this week, it's like the kidnapper promising to release the hostages and then trying to get credit for it. For me, the most telling quote of this whole sorry saga came from Trump's former campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski. Remember that guy? He was on Fox the other day, live on TV, when he was asked about a 10-year-old girl with Down syndrome, reportedly separated from her mother after illegally crossing the border and locked in a cage. Did Trump's man quote that poem from Lazarus? Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free. No. A 10-year-old with Down syndrome, taken from her mother after a harrowing journey and locked in a cage. And you know what Trump's man said? Womp womp. Check yourself. Savor your outrage. We're not at the bottom of the barrel just yet. I feel a bit bad about that because I, I frequently use the wah, wah, wah sound effect from SpongeBob SquarePants when we mark the week on the Mike Hoskin breakfast. And now I feel a bit bad. Use, I mean, I'm not going to stop using it or anything, but I'm, I'm going to use it, but I'm going to feel a bit bad while I use it. How about that? Is that a good compromise? Hey, uh, we don't have enough teachers. Have you noticed? The big question seems to be how can we save teaching in New Zealand right now? Yeah, it is. It's a problem, as you as you uh, <laughs> described just then. Uh, being on life support is probably probably an apt uh, description. 
Um, look, the, at the moment, our, our experience is that uh, the way to resolve issues is to employ teachers from overseas. Uh, but they still have, or we are able to access a pool of quality uh, teachers uh, in specialist areas in particular. They're the, they're the hard to staff areas, technologies, languages, chemistry, physics, maths. Are you paying those teachers more than the current market rate? Is that part of the secret too? Uh, well, the state sector can't do that, unfortunately. The, the, that is entirely restrictive. Uh, so we have to put them into the uh, Novapay system and uh, they, 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 their salary is assessed like any other teacher in the state system. And that's what they get. I asked that... We're able to... Sorry, Sorry, Tim, I asked that question because, look, I've, I've had discussions with teachers and one of the things that, that, comes, that comes back to me is that if you, if you want more teachers, make the gig pay more. Do you accept that? Totally. Look, it's the number one problem in education in the country. At the moment, uh, there are 13 reviews taking place uh, in, ed- in the education sector. Um, and, and actually, the biggest problem is fixed teacher supply. If we could fix teacher supply to start with, then we could have a look at some of the other issues. Uh, and how do you fix teacher supply? Well, the first thing you do is make it a back, you make it a valued profession again. How do you do that? You begin with the salary. So the base salary needs to increase. At the moment, if you're a top top of the scale teacher with no responsibilities in the state sector, then the most you can hope for is seventy nine thousand, just over. What should it be? Well, in a, in a par now, we, we really should be having teachers at the top of the scale on at least 100,000. Yeah, again, see now, th- this whole podcast this morning is making me feel guilty. I feel like, um, you know, the th- what I do is not as important as teaching or as nursing or any of those other sorts of, you know, jobs like that. Um, and yeah, it sounds like... Uh, in fact, and, and so I'm just sitting here talking to myself in a radio studio, and I mean I'm not earning a hundred thousand, but you know I'm not doing too badly. Um, can we find some money for these people, please? That's all I'm. Not my money. I don't want them to have my money. So I'm going to keep playing the what what noise, and I don't want to give away my money. Hmm. Answers. Sir Peter Gluckman, he knows some answers. He's very smart. He's a scientist. How was the job sold to you nine years ago? Can you take us back? Yes, well, it actually started before the government was elected when they announced their intent to appoint a chief science advisor. And there was some discussion with the Royal Society of New Zealand about what that role might be. And then after... uh, Key was elected, I was approached to see whether I was interested in taking the role. And then there was a long discussion with members of the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet about what the terms of reference would be, what the role would actually be. Mm. And that led to the decision, which I think was the most important decision, which was that the focus was to be on how evidence and science could be used to improve policy decision-making. Were there international precedents? Yes. uh, Through the British Commonwealth and in the Anglophone world, uh, there are science advisors in many countries, in Britain and Ireland 
Canada now, following the New Zealand example, yeah. uh, the United States, Malaysia, Australia has a slightly different uh, setup. But I think the New Zealand position was one of, had two features. One was the independence of the role, right. and secondly, the focus on evidence to policy. That is, how could evidence be used to improve the policy making process? Jeez, he. He's um. You can tell that he's a smart guy because I only understand about every third sentence, and then the rest. There's a whole lot of other phrases and words that just make my head spin round. And he wasn't even really talking about science. He was just talking about how his job worked. It's amazing, isn't it? I'm impressed. We're going to finish up with uh, Jordan Luck. He sometimes makes more sense, and then sometimes not. Jordan, tell me about your drinking. How bad was it? Uh, severe, uh, 20 to 30 uh, cans a day. Wow. Um, pretty much drinking 24 hours a day. So I'd wake up, drink, a functioning alcoholic. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and when I'd stop, this is the main reason that I stopped drinking, was because when I stopped, wow, I'd have a petite m- mal, and I'd blank out, lose consciousness. Wow. Uh, yeah, it, and that happened about four, no, five times. And they seemed to get longer, as I recall. I think the final one was about over three, four minutes. And, yeah, I was, my brain was being turned to mush. That must have been terrifying. Uh, no, I'd wake up and go, oh, gosh, I knew I shouldn't have stopped drinking. Oh, right. <laughs> no. Um well, it was terrifying for my partner and terrifying for my friends. And, of course, that led to an intervention. And that was a glorious thing. Um, family and friends were I arrived in this room. It looked like I was celebrating a, a birthday. Um, there were so many friends from everywhere, various band members. And not that they're not my friends, but um, that's an indication of their concern. Um yeah, so then after the intervention, well, actually that day they said, oh, you're off tomorrow to a rehabilitation place. And away I went the next day. Yep, so in keeping with the general theme of uh, the weekend version of News Talks there being today, uh, I end up feeling guilty again. Uh, Jordan's made me evaluate my drinking habits. I don't want to end up like him. I had a headache yesterday because I drank too much of Matt's punch on Saturday night. Just don't drink the punch. I think that's what it comes down. That's my advice. Lay off the punch. I'm Glenn ZB. I've got to reevaluate things. I'll see you back here again tomorrow.